Warning, although this podcast revolves around Disney, Disney movies, and Disney-related themes, we have a tendency to use mature language, which is not suitable for all ages. Discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a bit of a hiatus, but the Ocho and Ortiz Disney podcast is back in your life. What are we discussing today? Stay tuned and find out. Let's get this stuff started. Buddy Josh, how's it going? Oh, it's it's a going. We are back after some technical difficulties. That is, yeah, that's why we missed a couple weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be a three week layoff, but we are back after three weeks. I say three weeks because we are recording this on June the sixth, but I am going to be going away this week, so I'm not going to be doing any editing. So by the time by the time this episode actually uploads, it'll be it'll have been a three week hiatus. But yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed the bit of the break. We really appreciate everybody that's been sharing the videos and liking the videos and everything on on our Facebook page. We had, I think, 57 shares of our last episode on the Muppet Christmas Carol. So yeah, everybody seemed to love that fucking thing. Yeah. So big, big thank you to, to everybody that listened to that, who, who shared it, who, who passed it around. Uh, saw a lot of comments on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of comments. And we certainly appreciate that. We, we definitely love hearing, hearing the feedback. I try to respond. I try to respond to as many comments as possible. So guys, feel free to, to leave us comments, whether it be on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, or on the, on any podcast and platform that you're listening to this on. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course Podbean, Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod dot Podbean dot com. And those social medias, you can find us on Facebook at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Well, sorry, Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod, Instagram at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod, and on Twitter at Ocho Ortiz Disney. So be sure you give us a follow, a like, and a listen. And again, leave us some comments. Hopefully everyone is doing well. I know there's a lot of unrest in the world right now, a lot of crazy shit happening. We're not going to get into that. And the reason we're not going to get into that is because we're here for entertainment purposes. We know people sometimes need a bit of an escapism from the shit that's going on. So that's what we're here to provide. So we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Josh, you picked this week's episode. So why don't you tell everybody what you decided that we were going to review this week? Well, with this, well, I mean, at the time, the second release, we yeah, because we watched this, what, like two, three weeks ago now. Um, well, I just the, rewatched it again. <laughs> yeah, you rewatched. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think like that. <laughs> they had just released Maleficent two onto Disney Plus, so I, I had just watched that, and I thought, you know what? Let's let's do Maleficent one. Something you have not seen. I really enjoyed it when it did come out, and I, I hadn't seen it probably since it came out. So yeah, I wanted to do Maleficent. Yeah, and that's that's what we're gonna get into. And this is a different spin on Maleficent because in the 
in Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent is really just the pure evil villain. And mm. she is known in Disney as one of the most evil villains in all of Disney animated history. Yeah, I mean, in Descendants, Beast calls her the most evil person in of all time, right? You, you had to throw in Descendants, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, like, I, as soon as you said that, that's, the quote kind of came to my head. I wasn't even thinking about it, but as soon as you said that, I, that quote literally popped into my head of when in the first movie when Ben says Maleficent's, Maleficent's name. His his father just fucking freaks out going, oh, my God, she's the most evil person in all the land or whatever it was. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but little yeah, throwback. She, she she's she's definitely she's definitely known as the most evil, one of the most, if not the most evil characters in in all of Disney films. So. This this actually provides a little bit of a, a different spin on Maleficent, though. And in this one, and I'm sorry if people hear in the background, I am doing laundry, so you may hear the washer and dryer going, because I can hear it in my headphones. So it may be picking up on the recording, and if it is, I apologize. But in this episode, it's really, they're trying to redeem Maleficent. They're actually trying to make her more of the more of the heroine than anything else. Yes, they they get into her being evil, but they show that there's a reason as to why she's evil. So, you know, it's sort of that moral of the story is that everybody has a good side and everybody has a bad side, except except the king, who is just completely evil in this movie uh, after a certain point. But, Josh, this was your movie, so do you wanna do you wanna get us started and uh, get the discussion going for it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it it starts off as when Maleficent is just a child. She is a fairy, right? And yeah. uh, she still has I don't does I can't I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty in the longest fucking time, but she does not have wings back then, right? In the cartoon and stuff. I don't think so because she still has the crow in in the in the cartoon version. Yeah. So yeah, she doesn't. She's just flying around in in the moors, and then she finds somebody tells her that there's an intruder. So they go to see. She goes. She flies over there, and it's a little boy who went to go steal something. And that boy and her become friends, and then more as they grow up, hanging out together. Because it's kind of just like a montage after that point, right? With them growing up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just for reference, in the in the original animated film, she Maleficent does not have have wings. She just has like the cape or whatever it is that she wears. But yeah, no. So it's the montage of her her growing up with the character that's going to turn out to be the king. And yeah, Stefan. Yeah, Stefan and uh, and Aurora's father. And, you know, the, the narration talks about how friend, how young friendship ends up turning into young love. And, you know, it's, they do end up fall, uh, falling in love. But Stefan, Stefan does make his intentions clear that he wants to become the king one day and live in mm. the castle. Yeah. But then I remember one of the things, kind of a key point, sort of, is that on her 16th birthday, he gives her a kiss and calls it true love's kiss. Oh right? shit! I've watched it twice and I've missed that. <laughs> I've oh yeah, missed that there was there, times. there was there was there was the narration of that part of he's like he, for her for her birthday he bestows a kiss and he says that it's true love's kiss 
Oh, right? Shit. Completely missed that. <laughs> I mean, like, it kind of makes sense later on, right? Yes. Of why, yeah. So, you know, they then, that's, you know, they're still teenagers then. Then uh, montage keeps going, and we finally see Angelina Jolie, who is now playing Maleficent. Yeah, adult uh, Maleficent. Yeah, adult Maleficent. And then we haven't seen Stefan in a while. No, we, uh, we, we get a scene of the current king of the kingdom yes. whose name escapes me. I don't even know if his name was actually mentioned. And I think he was just the king. Yeah, he was just the king. And he was trying to rule over the Moors. And basically, yeah. Maleficent is trying to protect the Moors. And she basically meets him at the edge, at, at the entrance of the forest and holds off his troops with the, with other creatures from the Moors. And this kind of really pisses off the king. And basically he, he, after the, after the battle scene and after Maleficent and the Moors are shown to be victorious, we sort of see the king on his deathbed. And he basically says that whoever can kill Maleficent will be next in line to be the king, which, I mean, mm. I guess is because he didn't have any children and any heirs, because usually that's uh, how kingship works. That's how yeah. the royal bloodline works, is it usually passes down to your to your children. But he had a daughter, I, right? What's that? He had a daughter, Aurora's he, mother. Yeah, he did. So she should have... Oh, well, I guess I guess whoever defeated Maleficent would become her husband, right? Yeah. Yep. But that's that's not the way it's said in the movie. Like in the movie, it's basically like whoever whoever defeats Maleficent will be king. I didn't. Uh, maybe it's something else that I missed, but I didn't hear him say that they would get like his daughter's hand in marriage. But I mean that I guess that kind of goes without saying. But <laughs> it also adds a bit of confusion, I think. So, out of nowhere, Stefan appears. I don't know what the hell his role is at the time. I guess maybe just like a servant to the king? Again, yeah. something that's not really made clear. But, so, Stefan hears this, and Stefan obviously knows Maleficent really well, so he goes into the forest to talk to her, and he basically tries to warn her that the king is going to stop at nothing until she's dead. And she doesn't want to have any of it, but they hang out, they chill together, and then he gives her something to drink, and she passes out, and he remembers something that she told him when they were children, which is that iron burns fairies. Yeah. So he goes to stab her with an, with an iron knife, but he can't do it. So instead, he cuts off her wings and brings her wings back to the king as proof that he killed Maleficent. Obviously, he didn't, but if he has the wings, he figures that's going to be enough proof. And it works. The king basically tells him he's next in line to, to become the king after he dies. And then we see a shot of Maleficent waking up without her wings and just, like, completely heartbroken and pissed off. Yeah. Destroyed, crying. Like, she, she can barely get up. She can't walk. After that, like, she really can't walk. That's when she makes her staff because, you know, she also has magical powers. Magical powers, which apparently can't help her regrow her fucking wings. It can do everything else. <laughs> and yes, I am stealing that from CinemaSins because I saw CinemaSins cover this. 
And he points that out throughout the entire episode of Cinema Sins is that she has all these magic powers, but she can't grow her own fucking wings back. I, you know what? I haven't watched that, but I might have to go watch that. I love Cinema Sins and I haven't watched it in a long time. So I think any movie we're going to review from now on, that's a Disney thing. If there's a Cinema Sins, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. <laughs> But uh, but uh, this is why you don't funny. fall in love, folks, because the people that claim to love you are going to just eventually stab you in the back and leave you without your wings or in reality without your heart. So the, I, I think the true moral of the story is don't fall in love. Don't fall. Wow. That's 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 all. Yeah, that's that's. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> I have left Josh if speechless. <laughs> If that's what Disney's been trying to say for years, boy, did we chat the rap wrong. That that's that's been their whole that's been their whole message for many many years. Don't fall in love. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but so she she gets pissed off, and anyways, we see we then see a raven getting attacked by some of the king's men who have dogs with them and it's basically the dogs that are attacking the raven and she helps save the raven by turning him into like a humanoid male and basically using her magic to scare off the guards and the, and the dogs and everything and so i fuck what what's the what's the name of the character for the raven oh give me two seconds fuck what is his name i think it starts with the d yeah, Dieval. Yeah, Dieval. So he basically is thankful to Maleficent, and as a way of uh, of showing his gratitude, he says that she's now that he is now her servant, and he asks if there's anything that she needs, and that's when she says, "Wings, I need you to be my wings." So she basically has him as the the lookout to see what's going on in the kingdom with with King Stefan. And, you know, a little bit of time passes and then we find out that the king and queen are going to have a daughter, Aurora. So Duvall, like, goes back to Maleficent and, and lets her know. And so she's intrigued by this, obviously, because she wants to... She wants to pay back Stefan and hurt him the way he hurt her. So it's the day of Aurora's christening. And we have three fairies from the Moors that come and attend. And from this point forward, I'm going to refer to them as the three fucking morons because that's what they are. <laughs> and- okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, have you Have you watched the Harry Potter movies? No. Oh my god, okay. I don't know if you would get it then, never mind. <laughs> we won't get into Harry Potter, but... Right. So, we have the three fucking moron fairies... <laughs> <laughs> ...that have come to bestow gifts of uh, uh, upon Aurora, and one of them is the gift of beauty, one of them is the gift of kindness... And I can't remember if we got to the third one or if Maleficent interrupted before the third one was given out. I think Maleficent interrupted. I think as as she was about to say it, Maleficent walked in. Yeah, I think so. So Maleficent shows up 
And obviously, Stefan knows her very, very well. And he basically tries to get her to leave and, and, and leave Aurora alone. But Maleficent insists on also being able to give Aurora a gift. And that gift is that she will have beauty and kindness. But upon her 16th birthday, she will prick her finger upon a spinning wheel and she will fall asleep for all of eternity until she is awoken by true love's kiss. Yeah. And so with that, she, she, Maleficent leaves and the three fucking morons are put in charge of raising Aurora in the forest, which makes no sense because the forest is where fucking Maleficent is. So the logic behind that makes no goddamn fucking sense, but I digress. <laughs> And so, <laughs> as as the three fucking morons are raising Aurora, Prince, uh, King Stefan orders that all the spinning wheels get banned, get burned, get locked in a dungeon. So, that's, that's what happens. And then we basically get Aurora being raised by the three fucking morons. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to laugh every time you fucking say that. <laughs> Like they were kind of in, they were kind of dumb and inept in the cartoon, but like this movie just took it to a whole nother fucking level. And my God, oh God, like these three fucking morons, like they're, they're just, I, oh. so basically because they're so inept, they can't even look after Aurora properly. And it, we see that it's basically Maleficent that helps to raise Aurora and make sure she's okay and, and she gets she gets raised properly, which to me makes no sense because she wants to hurt Stefan. So the best way to hurt Stefan, I mean, she already put the curse on. She could just let Aurora get abandoned by the three fucking morons. And like we we see there's that scene where Aurora wanders off on her own because the three morons aren't looking after her properly because they're fighting with each, with each other. And Aurora almost falls off a cliff because she's chasing down a butterfly, but Maleficent helps save her. Now, if she really wanted to hurt Stefan, she could have just let the kid, like, fall to her death. I'm not for that, right? I'm not preaching... I'm not preaching the death of children. I'm just saying if Maleficent really wanted to hurt Stefan... That could have been it right there. And she wouldn't have had anything to do with it, right? It would have been the negligence of these three fucking moron fairies. <laughs> so, but Maleficent decides that she's gonna, she's gonna help Aurora. So we, we see that it's basically Maleficent that does all the raising of Aurora, Aurora and making sure she grows up to, to be good and everything. And if there's anything that you want to say, feel free to jump in. No, it's, it's great right now so far. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's, it's pretty funny. I mean, she kind of gets the little nudge there from Diaval, right? Yeah. Because as, as Aurora was about to fall off, Diaval said you can't let her just fall. And then she saves her. She saves right? her. She gets, I, Maleficent gets that little nudge from Diaval, so that kind of works out. But I mean, it's not just that, right? Like we see even before that that she's helping to like 
raise Aurora because she's feeding, she she's getting Diaval to to take food and everything to Aurora because the yeah. three fucking morons aren't smart enough to <laughs> to feed a fucking baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong there. So, anyways, we then get to a scene where Aurora is, I don't know, maybe let's say five or six. Maybe, maybe a little bit younger, maybe four or five. And she's wandering around alone in the woods again because, again, the three fucking morons are terrible at their job and just completely neglect her. And this is the first time Aurora actually runs into Maleficent. And this is where we first start to see Maleficent and Aurora bond with each other. And Maleficent tries to basically shoo Aurora away at first, but Aurora just stands there and says, up. Oh, because she wants to be lifted up. So Maleficent picks her up and little toddler Aurora starts to like feel Maleficent's horns and like her feathers on her cape or whatever the fuck it is. And, you know, you can, this is, I think this is the first time Maleficent refers to Aurora as beastie. Mm. And anyway, she shoes, she finally puts Aurora down, shoes her and tells her to be on her way. And I'm I'm trying to remember the movie as best as I can because I didn't actually take notes, even though I've watched it two times. I was totally in, intending on taking notes when I watched it for the second time earlier today. And then I was like, nah, fuck this. I don't feel like taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> so I, was, I, did that, I did that with something else we were reviewing one time. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take notes. And then I didn't. <laughs> I ha- I literally I literally have it written down on like my notebook. Whatever the review is, what we're doing, it's at the very top of the notebook. It was probably Little Mermaids where where you were gonna take notes and then you were like, "Fuck it." No, because Little, Little Mermaid is classic. You don't need notes for Little Mermaid. <laughs> it was Secretariat. I just found it. Oh, okay, okay. Secretariat review right there, and then nothing else on the page. <laughs> <laughs> See, I normally take notes on my phone. And then I can just type on my phone as I watch, but I was just, nah, I was like, nah, I'm too fucking lazy today, this isn't happening. I don't know why, I've always just, like, taking notes for stuff like that, like, in, a, in like, a notebook. Even when at wrestling shows, I do that, right? Yeah, I, I used to do that with wrestling shows, and then I just started taking, like, just started taking, like, notes in my phone and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, forgive me if we skip over some stuff, which is probably gonna be the case. Well, it's case. gonna happen. Yeah. So... But I mean, I want to try to keep it under 50 minutes anyways, right? So it'll, it'll, it'll be fine if we miss some stuff. So basically we, as, as Aurora gets older and grows and we see her interacting with, with Maleficent, we also see King Stefan go deeper and deeper into madness as, as, as he prepares to try to take on Maleficent. And he orders the iron workers to create all this stuff to try to burn down. Well, first he orders the forest to be burned down, but the fire does nothing with the wall of trees that Maleficent has put up. And then he sends some, some soldiers all dressed in iron into the, into the forest to try to fight Maleficent, but Maleficent manages to hold them off. This is kind of a funny scene because she she uses Diaval by turning him into a wolf to help attack the soldiers. Yeah. And he gets pissed off about it afterwards because, you know, when they first met, he was being attacked by dogs. 
And he's like, why would you do that to me? And she's like, well, I didn't turn you into a dog. I turned you into a wolf. And he's like, well, it's the same thing. So a, a little bit of a funny moment between Diaval and Maleficent. Yeah, Diaval is an awesome character. Yeah. In this movie. I don't know who the actor was that played him, but he did a really good job. I, I really enjoyed it. I think his name is Sam Riley. Yes, Sam Riley. Yeah, I had it up on IMDb a couple minutes ago and then I shut it. So, yeah, so good job, Sam Riley. Did a tremendous job in that role. And so as Maleficent becomes more and more attached to Aurora, she starts to regret putting a curse on her. Oh yeah, so during that during that scene, sorry, uh, with Diaval as the wolf, isn't that not where she fight where Aurora finds them as yeah, well? So they, uh, like a teenage Aurora. Yeah, so she she finds them. She she well just after that because she's in the forest alone and she doesn't she doesn't see them right. She's just looking. She's just looking through the trees trying to figure out what's on the other side. And then when Maleficent. She notices the soldiers that she mm. puts a spell on Aurora to make her fall asleep so she doesn't yeah. see the the attack on uh with the soldiers and everything right and then yep. after that scene is where Aurora is sort of in the forest basically Maleficent is testing her mm-hmm. to to like to to test her heart to see how pure her heart is right so Maleficent yeah. hides in the shadows and allows the creatures of the Moors to like show themselves because ever since she turned into mean Maleficent, everybody's sort of hidden out of fear of her. So all these sort of glow up creatures appear in the, in the forest to Aurora and Aurora interacts with them and she's playing with them and everything. And then all of a sudden the, these glow up creatures, I don't know what they're called. They they sense Maleficent, so they take off, and then Aurora kind of senses Maleficent, and that's when she's like, "It's okay, you can come out. Like you don't have to be afraid of me." And that's when Maleficent yeah. replies with, "It's not me that's going to be the one that's afraid." And so Maleficent shows herself, and Aurora's like, "I know you. You're my fairy godmother. You've been I've." Like, I've seen you in the shadows taking care of me my entire life, which kind of takes Maleficent aback because because she didn't expect to see she didn't expect Aurora to see her as her fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. Like Aurora sees the good in Maleficent and Maleficent wasn't prepared for that. So that's sort of when the tides start to turn and when Maleficent starts to regret putting the spell on Aurora. So anyways, they get to, to talk in and Melissa and Aurora is all excited and everything. And then I guess Aurora starts talking too much and Maleficent doesn't want to catch the feelings too hard. So that's when <laughs> Maleficent puts Aurora back to sleep and puts her, puts her back in the house. And as Aurora is sleeping, Maleficent tries to revoke the curse. But yep. because when she put the curse on, she she used the words that there is no power that will be able to break this curse other than true love's kiss. She's unable to revoke the curse. I didn't catch that the the first time I watched the movie. I'm kind of mm. I'm kind of glad I I I'm kind of glad I rewatched the the movie for a second mm-hmm. time because yeah. I was prepared to rip that scene. 
because when I first when I first watched it, I thought she had successfully reversed the curse, but watching mm-hmm. it back, she's unable to because yeah. her, the words from her from her original spell come back to 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 hurt her, and she can she can't break the curse. So that was something I only noticed upon the second viewing of it. So, anyways, it's getting closer and closer to Aurora's sixteenth birthday. And I think it's the day before her birthday, she meets the, she meets the prince in the forest, Prince Charming, and they, they're sort of talking to each other and everything. And the prince is letting her know that he's on his way to the castle to see the king. And anyways, they have a brief interaction. He takes off and Aurora has decided that she wants to live in the moors with, with Maleficent. And she's made that clear to Maleficent. And basically she says, I'm going to tell the three fucking morons that have been raising me completely inadequately. My words, not hers, for the record. And so she, she goes to talk to the three fucking morons to let them know that she wants to stay in the moors forever. And they're, they're, you know, kind of shocked by this because they're fully expecting to take her back to king stefan and they want to go back to being fairies again because they've had to make themselves human and not use their powers or anything while they've while they've been taking care of her taking care Mm -hmm. of her because they haven't done jack fucking shit to take care of her properly (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) but so they sit her down and tell her this tell her everything that happened that basically Maleficent has put a spell on her and that, you know, she is the daughter of the king. And, oh, I guess I sh- I kind of skipped over the part where her mother dies. Like, it- it's not made clear why her mother dies or how, but there is a there is a scene where her where her it's the king is informed that his wife is dying and he's basically descended so far into madness that. He's like, can't you see we're having a conversation? Because he's talking to Maleficent's wings. So mm. Aurora's Aurora's mother is now dead at this point. Just just to put that out there, just to yeah. just to make this uplifting story even more uplifting. So, anyways, she finds out what happens and she goes to confront Maleficent to find out if it's true. Maleficent lets her know, yes, it is true. And so you know, Aurora, kind of heartbroken and and angry grabs a horse and takes off back to the castle. Yeah, this is this is her birthday that she takes back to the castle yeah, now. Now now it is the day of her birthday. So she's taken yeah. back to the uh, she's she's going back to the castle and you know Diaval points out to Maleficent, Maleficent. That, that the prince is their answer, right? Yeah. The prince that she had met the day before. Yeah, so, Prince Philip. So if if he can if they can get the prince to kiss Aurora, everything will be fine. So Maleficent puts the sleeping spell on on the prince, makes him fall asleep, and they race back to back to the castle to try to reach Aurora. And Aurora makes it to the castle first. She's presented to the king, and this is basically the first time that the king has seen her since she was a baby, probably like a couple days old, because you know. You get christened like after a couple of weeks, so she was only a couple of weeks old when when he last saw her. So he doesn't recognize her at first, and he he 
approaches her and then he curses out the three fucking morons for sending Aurora back a day early because there's they were supposed to keep her for the for the first day past her 16th birthday yeah. and so he curses out the three fucking morons rightfully so because they're three fucking morons and <laughs> so anyways he orders Aurora to get locked in her room which <laughs> fucking made me laugh because you know she she hasn't been in the castle for like since she was a fucking baby. How does she have her own room at this point? He could have just said put her in the dungeon or what the fuck ever, but saying her room like what the fuck? You you've you've descended so far into madness. I doubt you've done any preparations to create a room for her. But <laughs> but you know, I digress. Let's let's pretend like he actually did set a room aside because that's what he says. Send her to a room and keep and lock her in there for the next 24 hours. So she gets sent to the room. And in the meantime, Maleficent is still racing to the castle with with the prince to try and make it to Aurora on time. But Aurora manages to get out of the room. And at this point, the magic is compelling her, right? Like she's looking at her finger. She's got a weird sensation in her finger. She's looking at it. She keeps rubbing it. And the spell has pretty much taken over at this point. And the spell leads her into the dungeon where all the where all the spinning wheels are. And great fucking job of burning the spinning wheels because they all seem to be intact. Like a thousand of them. It's just a room fucking full of spinning wheels. And she goes up to one and she pricks her finger on it. And then she goes under the spell and she's asleep now. Anyways, Maleficent finally gets to the, gets to the castle with the prince. And she deals with the three fucking morons. And then she tells the prince to, to, oh no, sorry. She sends the prince in first. And the prince deals with the three fucking morons. And the three fucking morons tell, tell him to kiss Aurora. So after being reluctant for about two minutes or so, he finally kisses Aurora. And it does nothing. It, it doesn't wake her up. She's still asleep. And you see Maleficent looking on, being disappointed. And so the the prince leaves. The prince leaves. The three fucking morons leave. And then Maleficent, Maleficent and Dieval go into the room. And basically, Maleficent is essentially saying her goodbyes to Aurora. Because she figures with the, with the prince failing that there really is no such thing as true love's kiss. Mm-hmm. Because this has been a common theme throughout the movie. She mentions it to Dieval. The king even brings it up at, at one point that there is no such thing as true love's kiss. So anyways, she's sort of saying her goodbyes to Aurora. But she, she swears that she's going to watch over her and protect her until the day Maleficent dies. And then Maleficent leans in and gives Aurora a kiss on the cheek. And that's when Aurora wakes up. And she says, hello, fairy godmother. And Maleficent replies with, hello, beastie. So true love's first kiss was basically Maleficent because Maleficent was the one that was really attached to Aurora and helped raise her. And she was the one that truly loved Aurora. So Maleficent is found by the king's men and they capture her. And then there's this big fight scene with Maleficent and Diaval, who has now been transformed into a dragon. And they're taking on all of the king's guards. 
And yeah. they find the King's Guards finally manage to trap Dival and Maleficent. And then the King enters. And the king, obviously, is clad in iron. All of his weapons are iron because he knows that's the one thing that's going to destroy Maleficent is the iron. And so he's starting to, to fight Maleficent. And in the meantime, Aurora has ran to the room where Maleficent's wings are being kept in, in a glass case, a giant glass case. Yeah. And Aurora manages to tip over the the case so that the glass shatters and the wings fly out. And they eventually manage to fly to Maleficent and reattach themselves to her. And that turns the tide of the fight between Maleficent and Stefan. And then Maleficent and Stefan start fighting to the outside of the castle. And Maleficent is about to, like, kill Stefan and she stops. She realizes that it's not worth it at this point. So she lets she lets Stefan go and she's like, it's finished. And she goes to turn her back on him and he goes to attack her again. And he ends up falling over the side of the tower and falling to his death because, again, uplifting story with uplifting results. And <laughs> so anyways, because he dies, Aurora is now the king. Or, sorry, not the king. Aurora is now the queen. I don't know what the fuck happens to Prince Philip because it's not stated at the end of this movie, but we see Maleficent, what's the word I'm thinking of, doing the coronation for Aurora in, in the yep. forest of the Moors. Yeah. And basically Maleficent says, you are now ruling over both kingdoms. And, you know, that's when we hear the narrator talk and say, you know, not all stories are, ha are how they seem and I should know for I am the one that they called Sleeping Beauty. So we find out that the narrator, who isn't used a lot in the film, just sort of at the beginning and the end, is actually supposed to be Aurora. So that's how this movie ends. I know there's obviously a sequel to this, but with this one, it ends with peace between the Moors and, and the mainland, and Aurora being the queen ruling over them. Yeah, I loved it. What did you think? I so badly want to like this movie. I so badly want to give this a good rating just for its unique take on an on an old tale. Your, uh, your camera's gone there, buddy. Yeah, I know. It completely cut out. I don't, I don't know okay. what the fuck happened. I, I just looked up and it's gone. So it is. It is. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to deal with that. But so I so badly want it. I, I so badly want to enjoy this movie and, and and give it a good rating for the the different take on a classic tale, mm -hmm. and, and basically given given the uh, the side of the story where Maleficent is is good or is won over by good, and I just I, I the the problem I have is this. You you had this movie come out to 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 show the good of Maleficent, and then because this was 2014, yep. and I think 2015 is when the first Descendants came out. Yes. And so with the first Descendants, you go right back into Maleficent being like this evil queen with like these evil intentions and being pure evil. So 
you you do this one story uh, of redemption for Maleficent, and then you go and do another movie where Maleficent is completely evil again the, the next year. So, uh, it's just, I want to like it, but because of the descendants and, and going, going back to, to Maleficent being all evil again, it just, ah, uh, it ruins it a bit for me, I think. Oh, uh, I didn't, like, I didn't even think of it like that. I just, they're, to me, they're just two standalone different films that, uh, I, I mean, like, I see your point. I do. I get it. I don't know. I really like this movie. The second one is even better. See, I can't see it as two. I can't see it as two different standalone films because the characters have the same lore, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're still using the same characters. You're, it's different storylines and and kind of different settings, but you're still using that same lore of uh uh uh, uh for the characters. It, oh, man, I just, I so badly want to want to give this movie a seven. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with that. But because because of the descendants ruining it for me, I'm gonna knock it down to a five. Fair. It's, Is that the same as descendants? It's exactly the same as descendants. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so it lost two whole points because of descendants. Thanks, descendants. Hey, descendants is a fantastic film. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're entitled to that incorrect opinion, but. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it's a fantastic film. I mean, I know you can't. I know you can't wait for the second and third. It it it's a film. I'll give you that. It it, it is a film. But yeah, no. The set, but the second Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, is actually really, really good as well. And I'm sure that's something that we are going to be talking about at some point. It's really, um, really strong. But you know, I'm giving it a five because of the sentence. And the three fucking and that the three fucking morons brought it down too because fuck those three fucking morons. You're giving it a seven. Any any final thoughts on, on Maleficent before we wrap everything up? I mean, like when when it when it first came out, I think I went with my brother to go. I think I went with DJ to go see it, and he did not want to see it, but he's like, fuck it, whatever. And we went. And we like we really liked it. I was hesitant of Angelina Jolie being in it. I was like, why? But I think she did an uh, excellent job as Maleficent. Yeah, no, I just, I, I like the movie. I don't know. I just, I really did like that movie and I was happy to watch that one again. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was a, it was a unique take on, on a classic film and I so badly wanted to give it a seven, but, you know, I went into my reasons as to why I gave it a five. I won't go into it again. Although I will say, because I can't state this enough, that this movie did not need the three fucking morons. Uh, <laughs> it certainly didn't need as much of them as, as much as they were in the movie, which actually wasn't even that much. They were they weren't in the movie all that frequently, but when they were on screen, they just pissed me off so much. But that's that's gonna wrap it up for this week. An interesting <laughs> take on a classic tale. We want to thank you guys for sticking with us while we took three weeks off. What's next week gonna bring? Who knows? We'll 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 see when it gets here. But like I said at the top of the show, you can find us on most major podcasting platforms. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, Ocho and Ortiz, DisneyPod.Podbean.com. So be sure you're giving us a listen, give us a rating. Ratings certainly help us out more than you guys realize, as well as leaving comments. And you can follow us on social medias. Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod on Instagram 
and at Ocho Ortiz Disney on Twitter. Be sure you're giving us a follow. Again, I cannot thank you guys enough for all of the shares. Like I said, 57 shares on, on the last Muppet Muppet podcast and all the comments that we got. I certainly, certainly appreciate it. Even the Little Mermaid, we got a ton of shares and, and yeah. I don't think we got any comments on that one, but we got a ton of shares. So we greatly appreciate that as well. The shares definitely help as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks guys. And as always, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are, when you're listening, we appreciate you listening. We thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.